0: This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Does she have a charity? Because I'd like to give her 101 donations. My name's Keen. Well, this is hauntingly familiar. I'm James. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. This is Sissy That Pod. We talk all things RuPaul's Drag Race today. We are. Untucking the Picnic Basket Which is RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 3 Episode 8 And This is our duo. This is
1: it This is our This is our second time You don't get Second chances Many times in life And I'm going to say One thing For damn sure If I was having to Rewatch any episode Of Drag Race UK Season 3 I'm glad it was This one I <laughs> <Yes,
0: laughs> revisit this
1: one. For for podcast But yes We had um, a minor Technical glitch This morning On our initial recording Which led to um Abandonment, the lost tapes.
0: Yes, we did. So, due to our social calendars, I was at the Book of Mormon last evening, uh, and we both had busy like events and stuff we had to go to and work. We got up early, James earlier than I, and to record the episode at 7 o'clock in the morning. Now, I slept in because I did the maths wrong on my alarm, so James woke me up. So, I rushed downstairs, we recorded, for that early in the morning, I think a pretty funny episode. And as I was going to edit it before I had to go to my event, I put my SD card into my laptop, and just like... Uh, Crystal Versace When she was being Plugged by the Daleks It just went Plop 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 And corrupted itself So It went kaput Absolutely So <laughs> I was a hot mess Panicking And we just said You know We'll just do it later We'll have some more time And you know It's going to be better Than the last one And also We asked you guys For some questions We got some fun questions in So we'll pepper them Into the episode too
1: Yes, absolutely, and you know what? As I said, I got to re- go back and rewatch it because um, my initial viewing of this episode was after a number of gorgeous pints in panty bar last night. So now I have reabsorbed the the information in a more meaningful way. So you look forward to some really like insightful insights.
0: Yeah, you actually you're probably getting us at our best right now. Yeah, that's it. That is <laughs> Friday it. Friday evening, you know, weekend. Ab- <laughs> Um, you know is, is here Abound That's the word uh, But if you heard The dedication We're putting into this And would like to thank us We would accept uh, A ticket to our live show As a thank you Maybe a nice Oh yeah absolutely Review on Apple Podcasts Review Or maybe oh just a follow God. On Instagram Head over there Five stars Yeah So we're going to Stop picking this up And let's just get Into the episode Right, back to the top of the episode. The queens are gathered around. They're comparing badges. They're chatting about the legendary lip sync from Vanity Milan. And they're discussing, you know, are you scared of lip sync against Vanity? Elle of a Day apparently isn't. And after what we saw on this episode, probably should be.
1: Well I think that if she knew The lyrics to the songs She probably would, have would be able To do a, mm. a better performance uh, But I do think as well Like you get this Every time you get to a top four In Drag Race And I always think It's obviously such bullshit Where like someone is like This is the top four I saw <laughs> I imagined it was going to be This top four It was like I think what Crystal said in this And I was like Crystal No you didn't No shade to didn't vanity, but it. like." Exactly. RuPaul, who is, like, literally there, like, directing traffic, deciding who gets to stay and who gets to go, was like, oh, my God, how did she end up here? Yeah. So you did not foresee this, Crystal. You did not see this coming, Crystal.
0: RuPaul's surprise the Vanity got to the final four kind of almost reaffirms a suspicion that RuPaul was sending people out based on the results of his eight ball. And it was just like, oh, sorry, charity sashay away. Yeah. <laughs> No,
1: I, I completely agree Basically, RuPaul doesn't even well, like RuPaul doesn't know any of the names of the queens anyway So, like, RuPaul probably was like Oh, I, th- I thought I already sent you home Didn't I fire you already? RuPaul is turning into, like, a comedy Mr. Burns character mm. At this point Yeah, I think in so life.
0: In In, in Ru's head, it's just like Who's that girl who wears orange all the time? What's her name? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is- now, actually, this orange
1: narrative Let's get into that for two seconds Okay uh, For two shakes of a donkey's tail Um... Didn't we just have a season of Dry Grace All-Stars where Raja O'Hara was like, lavender is my color. I saw the flowers. I liked them. Purple is my color. I'm making purple my thing. All of my outfits are purple. And like, no one was like, excuse me, but I think you've worn enough purple. So like this like idea that like on Vanity Milan, who is like basically said, well, this color really works on me. I'm going to work with this color. Like that there was this kind of like frustration or something. I did I didn't understand the fact that like you were like annoyed that she was wearing the same colour. Well she but, and by you I mean Michelle.
0: Uh well Raja never wore the same wig two weeks in a row, so that does help.
1: Yeah no that is true I do think that the wig Thing was And I think that speaks To probably like The, the limited resources that, that Vanity had In trying to prepare For the competition mm. Vanity also Didn't their boyfriend Or husband make all Of their outfits Yeah You know so maybe Their husband just really Likes orange fabric Or there maybe there was a sale On orange fabric In Heaton's In wherever And that's what um, that's what he, But no I, I, I got sort of Frustrated at that feedback Because it's, it's again It's one of those things That's like well this is These are the outfits That Vanity brought So like You know
0: yeah, but I, I get your point. And to a certain point, I agree. But Raj, I guess, came to the competition and was like, I'm the purple queen now. I'm Prince. I saw someone on Twitter, some headline on the Twitter would be like, Only Gaga could make purple iconic because <laughs> of what she's wearing for the House of Gucci promo. And it's like, loads of people yeah. have claimed purple before her, uh, like Prince, for example. But yeah, like she came with a wardrobe full of purple, whereas for Vanity, it's kind of felt like, It's like when she's nothing else to wear, she goes to orange. So it doesn't feel like it's as purposeful as as Raja.
1: Okay, okay, I'll 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 get it that if she made it more of a personality,
0: Mm.
1: then maybe maybe she needs to make orange more of a personality. But then you know what would happen is they'd be like, "Girl, stop relying on that orange." I'm trying to think of a I, nectarine know, like, po- uh, yeah, joke like, oh, I um, But no I um, I do get frustrated sometimes When like there is like like when like, I like consistency in, in the way the judging mm. Is going across like all the franchises And I do think that you know You you get like these weird little like Ticks that people seem to pick up about Particular performers in particular seasons And they read them for stuff that they wouldn't read people for in. And it's okay if it's like evolving Over time but it's like You know if you have one season where you're kind of saying Oh well you know like, as long as the look you're serving in, its individuality is, you know, is is good, then we don't really mind if the colour scheme that you're going for. Because, I mean, like, well, actually, no. Now, listen to me. You turn! turn! You <laughs> turn! Because I guess they did, they did read, they didn't really read Tina Burner for it. Like, they did kind of mention it, but they didn't, like, outright say mm-hmm. wear different colours yeah. to Tina Burner with her kind of, like, and you know what, they didn't actually like read McDonald's. Vanity
0: too much either Like in the grand scheme of things It wasn't like Michelle When Chi Chi Devane said she doesn't have much money Like it wasn't like one of those You know, I don't want to see any goddamn H&M It was just like, unfortunate it was twice in a row
1: Okay Maybe I'm turning it into bi- I guess that's my job here as a podcast host <laughs> Is to turn things into bigger
0: Well, We've got 40 <laughs> minutes to fill it. James Let's make drama out of nothing And then quell it in the same <laughs> sentence <laughs> Yeah
1: <laughs> I'm like that, that, that ship stuck in the Suez Canal <laughs> yeah. just trying to U-turn there <laughs> um,
0: so what I thought was really fun about this episode was we got to see and I think it, we've seen an element of it in this season more so than other seasons I think we get more chances of just seeing the girls have fun in the workroom it normally involves Kitty and in this particular episode I'm picturing Kitty being wheeled around on one of the workroom tables wearing the sash yeah. and it's just fun I think you get to know them quite well, you can see there's just, when the guard is kind of down, and there's no pretense up. I, I just think that's nice
1: Yeah, I think cause she seems like a real facilitator of the fun, like she kind of she is very, like she seems to own the, the like like organized people like you can imagine her being like right I'm getting on the table now girls everyone wheel me around mm. okay and then even with the because the, the, she's got talent agency thing yeah. like that whole thing like she's like she's like I'm turning this into like like I'm bringing the camera to me but not in an obnoxious way like it's all like we're all part of the fun we're all having fun together and you really get a sense of that going through this entire challenge that like and just through this entire series that she's someone who like just has a really like big heart and is full of like light and love and like obviously you can tell people would want to be around her and it, it comes it like absolutely comes through I was sort of surprised watching it again there when Graham or was it yeah Graeme said like oh I can't believe it took me like half the season mm-hmm. to like see that this person's a star I'm like no Right from the very beginning, she was. She was just overlooked.
0: Yeah. And to be fair to Graham, he's only there for half the season because he's in every second. Week. This is true. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a quarter of the season, I guess. But yeah, that Skiddy's Got Talent uh, agency was a fa- fantastic move because we see them audition for roles, and there's nothing really interesting in that ever, but they have to fill time. So it's normally around, I wanted Black China. No, I want Black China. And I think recently yeah. they've, yeah, I think we saw it in season 13. They've started auditioning, and we've seen it in, in Canada recently as well. But this is like its next level. This was actually a fun interaction of her, them being like, "Give us Irish, give us Scottish." Mm, not great, girl. Why don't you try that part? I thought that was great it. Almost felt like a mini challenge. Yeah, like it felt like a fun little mini
1: challenge, and I was like, I was really enjoying it. And again, yeah, because it's that sort of stuff as well. Like it's that sort of interaction between the like that sort of off the cuff interaction between the queens that you really like to see yeah. because you don't get so much of it anymore because everything is kind of constrained and they want to like they're 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 trying. To to, like, build particular stories and go particular directions. So you don't get an awful lot of that, like, off-the-cuff ad hoc, just, like, having a bit of a laugh. Mm. And, and even like, the mirror moments seem to be a bit more kind of, like, structured. It means that, like, those moments of, like, sort of just basically the queens just, like, having a laugh get cut out an awful lot. And this was lovely to see it in this episode. Mm. It does kind of come out more when you get to these lower numbers of queens.
0: Like, yeah, and I think that's kind of the-, the brilliance of a drag queen. Like, when you go to... Maybe not a particularly like big tour of drag queens, but if you go to your local bar that shows drag and you have a queen who's filling twenty minutes on stage, it's that sort of energy that comes out in a good queen that just is like I could watch you do this all day. You could be just eating polo mints and taking off your socks, and I'd want to see it all. Yeah, no,
1: I'd, absolutely, and I think that's it. Like you, you see the the queens as well who will be, and actually, this is it. As you look at like the canon of Drag Race at queens and all of the people who've been through it, there are certain people who just have the sort of hostess ability they you can just feel it come radiating off them and Kitty Scott Claus absolutely has that in spades so you can tell she would know how to manage an audience you would feel like you were in a safe pair of hands with her she would be able to transition through a show and like you get—you do get that when you go to a drag show at a bar and you have someone who's really confident and capable of doing it they like they guide you through your night and they entertain you and it yeah, like it's amazing to see it at work, and it has so many different levels to that skill. Um, but yeah, I don't know that like any of the other queens in this cast, they all have strengths elsewhere. I don't think any of them have that skill set, though.
0: No, I think Ella would be a good sidekick. You know, I think she's yeah. good to bounce off. Uh, I don't know if you'd be if your sides would be spitting at an day monologue, but we'll see next week. It's the roast, so we'll see what she has to offer. We sure will. (laughs) (coughs) I hope Gals Aloud come to Ireland, though, because based on, obviously, you know, Cheryl Hole, maybe in an alternate scenario where COVID didn't happen, maybe Gals Aloud could have toured. But now that we have Cheryl Hole, who's going to be coming off International All Stars, and Kitty Scott Claws coming off of this season, like, there'll be two big names which will have a lot of weight, which will sell a lot of tickets. So hopefully they get a tour in.
1: Yeah. So I was trying to, like, figure out who is Kitty Scott Claws in the Gals Aloud.
0: Yeah, I think Is we had she... this uh, this conversation in season one where we thought they all had a different character, but I don't oh, think but they, they don't. Okay, there's just right, five of them, one. I think. I was a bit disappointed when I found out it was Brad Wars that they didn't just do a full on Doctor Who tribute.
1: It was so all over the place. Like there was literally everything in the kitchen sink uh, thrown in, the in there. Like they had uh, a bit of Star Wars, a bit of Star Trek, a bit of um, the Wizard of Oz. Of Gavin and Stacey, obviously a bit of Alien. And it all, a, a bit of Mandalorian, like the whole lot just like fecked in on top of it. And I found it like, like I did actually really enjoy it. And like I watched it back again and genuinely was like, no, these performances are all really good. I like all the characters, all of the Queens did an excellent job in the roles that they had, but there was a bit of me. So basically I can't really fault it for the fact that it was a fun thing to watch, but I do, I would have preferred if they just had taken, Um, if they, I would have, if they had just had taken the iconic British kind of doctor who sci-fi fancy and just like gone with that and made it a doctor who based kind of a based challenge, you know, it is the BBC, they didn't have to pay for rights or anything like that. They would have been able yeah. to kind of, you know, they would have even, I'm sure, been able to be like, "Hey, whoever writes Doctor Who, give us some tips." And especially or since
0: the most recent Doctor, I know there's a new one now, but like, was a woman, and that was such an iconic role for the franchise, and you know, they could all do sort of Jodie Whittaker drag or something. There could be some fun plot line around that,
1: or the first, the first drag queen Doctor. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That would have been pretty.
0: And think of all the hard on TARDIS oh, jokes you
1: could I make. mean. Anyway, I they really missed a trick, and that screwdriver thing that he uses.
0: Oh yeah, I don't actually watch. It. I don't know. I don't watch Doctor Who either. I know Doctor we are Who, not Tardis, and and Dalek. That's also yeah. We're yeah, not. Yeah, David Tennant. I mm. know. Him. Is he in Harry
1: Potter? <laughs> yeah, uh, Billy Piper. Oh yeah. Why'd Billy you Piper. gotta go? Why'd you gotta hang around in Tar They could have had Billy Piper puns. Why'd you got to hang around in
0: targeses? Because we like to. Because you no. Because like you yeah. want to. Actually, over on our Instagram. Uh, we are doing head-to-heads of songs we'd like to see on the lip-sync stage of Drag Race UK. People are voting for the, my option versus James's option, and one of the options I did want to pick was Billy Piper. You know, one of those early Billy Honey to be it's you and me, you know, iconic moments for that. I girl. would, I would
1: be very, I'd be very, very into that.
0: But yes, Billy Piper. Where was the Billy Piper memes? You could have one of the characters as Billy Piper. Catherine Tate was in it. Like, oh come on, we could have written this for you. I mean
1: it does write itself You don't need to have Every single sci-fi um, Reference in the book Thrown into it Just so that Ruth can laugh at it One of the questions though That we did get over On Instagram was about Whether they were trying to Create this Like whether they were
0: Yeah they want to know Was baby YOLO blue For copyright reasons
1: Oh but that is There was another question About like whether They're trying to make It more culturally <laughs> oh, Sort of transferable okay.
0: But let That's talk about that as well I
1: think yeah But also I think That was a gorgeous Shade of blue I mean mm. really vanity looked beautiful in that like blue with that glitter lip Um, yeah
0: well now I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who might be going to the play I I mentioned earlier but there is a moment where there's a a Yoda looking figure on stage that isn't named but has like green big ears and a cloak so I don't know if their actual appearance is copyrighted so they might have got away with it but I also feel that that's something that the drag race producers would be like God we'd have to get lawyers involved To work that out let's just be safe and go blue
1: Yeah I mean I do I do think it worked better as well Because the blue stood out much better um, Maybe it was at, Like maybe it was a choice Based on the sort of colour of the Maybe it was a choice based on the the, um, the av- available makeup. Maybe mm. vanity made that choice because green wouldn't have read as well when they were when they were putting were. And also, makeup.
0: actually, if they so, were doing any sort of green screen, they also couldn't have done green face.
1: That is very true. Yeah, green face. Little talked about in the culture wars these yeah. days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's getting cancelled
0: <laughs> for green face these days? Jim Carrey? <laughs>
1: Oh, well done. Boom, boom, clink. Um, So you're mentioning, someone
0: else had a question as well about uh, the sort of the tasks in this season and they wanted to know, do we think, that the production is making this season trying to feel more culturally exportable with making their snatch game choices more international, choosing a more international, you know, fragrance of of Brow Wars rather than just Doctor Who. And is it because this season was sort of filmed in the shadow of international all-stars, UK versus the world, are they trying to gear the UK cast up for an international stage?
1: Yeah, and I think I feel like... They've been pushed that direction a little bit, and I wonder if it's Rue that's kind of a bit more in charge of it. Because, but I, I also think it's a, I also think it's a mistake. Yeah, I
0: think it's, it's detriment.
1: Yeah, like I think that they should like be allowing, like if you look at say last year's snatch game, and even this year's snatch game, like the characters who really sprung out were ones who people outside of the UK may not have been overly familiar with. So, Nigella and and Katie Price were the ones. Now, I, I think that. Obviously, Gemma Collins is like internationally gifable. Probably many people like are familiar with the pictures of her and the gifs of her, but they wouldn't necessarily know her origin. Uh, but obviously, that's something that like people are coming to learn through seeing her in like in in drag race and in other diff- other places. <clears throat> but I think it's a real pity because like a character like Silla Black in the Snatch Game, or even just taking the Doctor Who thing and like really leaning into that, it just makes it feel much more authentic. Than, than like now where you have RuPaul basically walking around the workroom and be like, no, you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing that. Oh, you didn't do it, I said. You can go home.
0: Yeah. No, and I think that's because we cover all the franchises over the workroom if you'd like to meet us over there and we're covering Canada at the moment. I think that's where Canada excels because all the lip sync songs are Canadian and all the challenges have a Canadian lens to it. So yeah, I think that's what I want to see. Like I want to turn on Drag Race Canada or Canada to see Canadian drag. I don't want to see it. Canadian people emulating yeah. American drag. The next thing I have in my notes is that I was glad to see more Vanity in this week's episode. We haven't really got to see her, partially because the edit, partially maybe she gave them nothing. But when you do get to see her, I find her quite sweet and kind of goofy.
1: Yeah, I think she, like, I mean, I think at this stage into the, the filming, what they're like, um, if If Willem's to be believed, they're maybe eight days into a ten day um into a 10 day, 10 day shoot. But like, obviously I'd say that people are, are a bit more relaxed and Vanity does seem to be someone who is quite shy and kind of comes alive in the performance. So like if we were casting our, our drag night at the show with these four, like I think you've got Kitty is presenting... Um, Ella the Days in sort of a you know secondary sort of like sidekick role and then Vanity is doing all the like fast dancey like lip sync numbers but not contributing a lot to the, the talking um, but it has been nice to see her kind of be a bit more sassy and a bit more present um, and her talking heads have been becoming a bit like she's been obviously due to the fact that there's less people but she's been more around in the talking heads as well particularly since like Teresa and River
0: left and I suppose we got to see a, a more genuine or at least the segue into it was quite genuine mirror moment this week with the with the queer bashing and, and the groping in the clubs and it's something that was kind of touched on in Canada as well which is you know just because you're putting yourself out there and you're performing dressed all up with pads doesn't mean you know people can invade your personal space yeah
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, like earlier today, when we recorded this, uh, before we had a very interesting conversation uh, <laughs> about about how people can be good allies in queer spaces. Um, and I think basically what the what comes through with this conversation is understanding that if you're going into a space that is a queer space, as perhaps an as a, an ally, or you know the famous groups of girls going in and hen parties, who kind of treat the spaces more like kind of zoos to gawk at what's happening and kind of like of like you're my property, I've paid for my brunch, so I get to do whatever like it's like you need to remember that first of all, the space you're in is sort of sacred because many people don't get to be their authentic selves outside of it. And second of all, these are actual people that you're like, you know, going over and like thinking you it's hilarious for you to like have a grope on.
0: Yeah. And I guess there was an element of, of which was queer bashing as well, which was a straight up, you know, violence, intended yeah, violence I, as well.
1: And that, that I think, was, like, it was sort of an interesting kind of, I think because, like, the the first one kind of, like, I think the the first, the, the, the people coming into the into the gay clubs or into the queer spaces and sort of, like, you know, asserting their presence there as groups of heterosexual people kind of perhaps think that the world has moved past the point where sort of someone like Elle of a Day is still being called the effort in the, in the street or where like those sort of people are still like feeling too afraid to hold their partner's hand as they walk down the road. So I think it's like kind of around people just needing to, particularly people who are going to be fans and become part of the drag race world and become allies, educating themselves on the real lived experience of queer people rather than being like oh my god a cool clown I'm going to go over and like slap it on the arse
0: yeah it was kind of like these. Are, this is why queer spaces are still important and this is why you should keep them safe, safe you're safe you know it was kind of yeah, a two exactly. for one there and I was you know I I was telling you earlier about uh, a time in work that I was asked to organise a social gathering in a queer space in, in Dublin and I felt really conflicted because I was like I understand that work want to be you know, inclusive. inclusive yeah. I'm just inclusive because, I mean, I, I work there and they want to show support and they don't want to feel like I have to go to straight bars all the time. Um, and I think there's probably an element of they want to be able to brag about it internally. But then also, I was like, but I also don't want the people in these queer spaces to be invaded by a bunch of nerdy engineers.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the the, the other side of that, particularly at the moment, because space within those spaces is at such a premium. And so, like, I've, I mean, I've heard conversations happening around how, particularly the George over the last number of months since it's reopened, the the crowd is m- like, rather than being a gay crowd, it's like a very, it's a very mixed crowd. And so it is, you know, and it's not just like groups of girls, but it is literally, it's like people going, like straight men are going there as well. But it's like all because of like the, the queer world has opened up much more broadly and allies are very welcomed in. But now sort of there's like a sense of, kind of like oh i'm going to explore this part of the world and i think that right now it would be very important for people who are thinking about kind of planning nights out that they understand that well. actually like street 66 penny lane panty bar those dublin bars and gay bars around the world there's limited space in them and at the moment it's important that people who only feel safe to express their identity when they're in those spaces have those spaces to go to Mm. Yeah, definitely. But also, do come along to gay bars. (coughs) Just be nice when you go. But do come along as well because
0: they, you know, all the queers don't have enough money to keep them open, so it's a balance. And
1: also, do you know what queer space is going to be very welcoming of (laughs) allies?
0: Is there a live live show? show? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, straight people are welcome, but just don't grow (laughs) up.
0: Right, we're going to chat about the runway after the break. But first, uh, we want to tell you about a new podcast on our Head Stuff Network, home of the where we're going to be having our live show. It's called the CineStream Club. It is a film podcast where comedian Trevor Brown and regular CineStreamers Edward Salmon and Andrea Farrell watch movies that mean a lot to people and put them to the test to see if they deserve a place in the coveted CineStream Vault. So that's what the premise is. Let's have a clip from the pod. I'm Trevor. I'm Ed. And I'm Andrea. And we are... The, the Sinistream, Sinistream Club, Club. Where we take a movie... That society deems a classic... And put it to a Sinistream test. Where we ask all the tough questions like... Does this movie make any sense? Why isn't Tom Hanks in this movie? How many sandwiches are in this film? What kind of watches are people wearing? Was
1: that sex scene really necessary? Says my mother.
0: What trivia does Trev know in Trev's Trivia? What trivia do I know in Trev's Trivia that's what I'd say. i said. say oh okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. all these questions and more will be answered every fortnight in the CineStream Club available from wherever you get your podcasts and the Head Stuff Podcast Network onto the runway RuPaul looked like shite honestly that's like that was a cry from help from
1: Salty. that's what that was <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you shone a, a blue light on that it would scream Help me, Joe. <laughs> yeah. <you?"> <laughs> like it was
1: like that is that's the worst RuPaul's yeah. ever looked. And like I mean I, I, I
0: Oh no, I wouldn't say the worst. Oh, I include I mean, the maybe, Project maybe, One maybe. Way
1: uh, the Project One Way meme in that. <laughs> like
0: I think we could definitely do a deep dive in in Ru's ten worst looks on the show. And that could be there, but it's definitely not number one. There's definitely been worse. Where the makeup has been awful. It was just the dresses. This was bad.
1: It was like, it was, it it looked like it was missing pieces. And also what was that like velvet thing that was coming out of the tit and going under the arm?
0: Yeah. And it was just a big square bit of like, I don't like snake skin sprayed space silver. It just, it was like, give me a galactic luxury. That'll do fine.
1: It felt like it was like bought in a packet as well. Like it didn't, like it felt like it kind of like you could have picked it up at any like Halloween store.
0: Yeah, it was reversible. If you turn it inside out, it was a cowboy. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Next week, we'll be wearing it on the other way around. I be like, oh my god, Zaldi yeah. has discovered reversible fabrics. <laughs> but no, I, it yeah, was it, really it was a, it bad. was a shocking look. Like, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, good god.
0: But do you know who is looking good? Oh,
1: Russell Tovey. Russell
0: Tovey, mm-hmm. delicious man, delicious uh, man. You think he looks like somebody? Or something. No,
1: so someone once described him in a... So he was in a uh, an early um sitcom called Being Human, where he played a werewolf. And I read a review of it where the reviewer described him as looking like a Toby jug. And ever <laughs> since ever since that, when I see Russell Tovey, that's kind of what I think. He is, though, spectacularly handsome. And Being Human is a very good, very misfit vibes I'd, I'd go and get into the first season. You know the way those Channel 4 things are, like, you know, good for the first season, then it kind of loses its way, but very enjoyable. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I, it's probably up on that, you know, graveyard of unsuccessful TV shows that is all four.
1: Exactly. It's stuck in there between four packets of lagers and two packets of whistles, <laughs> or whatever, whatever that one is. And, like, yeah. Skins, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, the other thing, I don't know if you noticed. Did you notice the pattern on Graham Norton's both shirt, tie and suit? Uh,
0: no, I just saw that there was a pattern. It was all babies. Oh.
1: But I was wondering if it was a throwback to his So Graham Norton thing, which was all the like falling babies and stuff.
0: Oh Well, the, even, even in, the, in the current show, there was sort of like dolls and martini glasses and stuff and like Barbie limbs. So yeah, maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't know
1: But anyway It was very disconcerting Because it was like Literally the jacket The tie and the shirt Were all Like Baby baby babies Yeah
0: It was it was clashing patterns But I was like well, I can see what you're going for there yeah. But yeah wasn't, wasn't, wasn't living You weren't
1: living I wasn't living baby No I wasn't living No not at all uh- <laughs> So the category on the
0: runway was Scene stealers uh, First up was Crystal With her Cruella I mean she looked The bomb
1: Stunning 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 now, earlier today, we had a very impassioned conversation about what is the definition of a scene stealer, um, and I can't remember if I instantly changed my mind after having a very <laughs> strong opinion about what it was. But I, I felt that now, Glenn Close, I would say, or uh, Cruella Deville, I will, I will give you scene stealer, Oompa Loompa, I will give you scene stealer, but. For Rose and for Baps I'm not so sure Because I think a scene stealer Like you can't be a scene stealer If you are the individual About whom the scene is created So Rose from Titanic was the scene Yeah you can't be it the was,
0: protagonist I think is what, is, You know, the you know who was a scene
1: stealer Do you know who was a scene stealer in Titanic The guy who mashed his head off the <laughs> The, the yoke on the I way down it on the propeller on the way down like that that's a scene stealer in do
0: you know who's a scene stealer for me I always just Joe. You know it lives red for you in my head Joe you know the and the ship's going down and there's that old couple and they just lie in bed with the, holding hands as the water sloshes oh. around the bedroom I just think of them
1: oh they're yeah they're scene stealers yeah
0: they're I, I would address up as them. <laughs> that. do that for our live show <laughs>
1: yeah that's what we're gonna do yeah so come and join us for the live show where we're going to lie in bed together and okay. slowly fill the room with water <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a David Blaine experience. Enjoy it. We'll have the charisma
0: um, of a couple about to die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so on, but that on. would
1: be I I would I would say that I I wouldn't necessarily like I think that so this is no reflection on what I actually thought of the outfits because the outfits were all really good mm. but just in terms of how I would define a scene stealer it's like someone who is more kind of not present for most of it but when they arrive you're like oh my god yeah yeah like Regina George. Yeah, I would. Regina George could definitely be a scene stealer. Um, I'm trying to think of, of 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 other people. They've just none of, of the course Green Girls is, is what I go
0: to. But yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. If you're not the protagonist, we, we were saying you know Quella Crue- is the antagonist, but it's it's not really about her. She is kind of. The, the best thing about the show
1: and she's and she's only yeah and she's only on the screen kind of like any of those Disney villains really like would I mean do, I would not want to see another Ursula of the Sea Witch on there but she would qualify um, but yeah would be sort of people who could um, you know do you know what someone should have been that weird like crane hook Barbie legs thing From Toy Story <laughs> That's the scene Steal her out or, That's a charity case Would
0: have done Yeah or, or those Green aliens That are like Oh the Hulk Yeah the, with the three <laughs> eyes like that. Or like the the, yeah. the fish From the Simpsons Blowy is it Or can we, Yeah, yeah like Or that. Wonder Pig But it, this could always Be the case Where The brief was like Just dress up as a character From your favourite movie And then They change the title yeah on the tape
1: no that, that absolutely is good. that absolutely is true and I think that like uh, that Rose costume like that's was amazing. I loved yeah,
0: it. Yes, that was great. That was fantastic. And just the delivery, the way she moved her arm and that sort of anti clockwise motion, and then the dropping of the necklace, and it was just funny with Graham being like, "Oh, this looks special to me. I better not drop it." And then she drops it like, "Yeah," <laughs> just a fantastic delivery of the character as well in a real sort of parody way, and in the way only Kitty Scott Claus knows how to do. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. We also were enjoying the Oompa Loompa Booty Woody of Elvade
1: absolutely um who gave who gave russell tovey a woody apparently apparently russell tovey very into green hair and orange skin yeah. um but I, I i loved it i just thought it was like such a like i mean demented concept mm. but like kind of to take the oompa Loompas and make them their very own smurfess like amazing
0: yeah because the oompa always had very thick legs as well right didn't they always looked like their legs were thicker than based on their height, I don't know, yeah, so I think it was playing on that, which I thought was, thought was fun, and we've kind of already discussed vanities. Halle Berry from BAPS, look how it was kind of just like Mary J. Blige the week before but just with a box on her head, um, but this was definitely, like, this could be like a redemption runway, because it looked like a much nicer garment, because obviously the husband made it rather than just pulled off a rack beside Charity Shop Sue, yeah. so, at least it was better yeah. than last week
1: That's true, I do think that she was, I, I, I for me like I remember this ref. I haven't seen this movie but I remember this reference From when they had the makeover challenge On season 13 and Simone made over Utica and that Look like first of all because like It it was the first time you were seeing Utica In that sort of light and it like really Worked amazingly Um, So that little That comparison for me I was just like Oh it's not quite as polished As the one we've seen before
0: But Normally the UK one isn't to the US, so yeah. That try. is
1: very true, yeah, that is very
0: Hard true. Hard to know. Okay, so, I mean, it's around like we never actually spoke about their performances, but they were just all really strong in the acting challenge. Like, it's easier to go in on them if they're shit.
1: Yeah, like, there was a lot of misdirecting going on in that, in that like, the directing bit with Michelle. Like, there was a lot of, kind of... Yeah, they all you know, forgot oh, their oh, lines. Oh, I'm forgetting my lines. Yeah. Oh, I'm having struggles. Oh, my God, I'm not going... And then, like, Crystal had... Like, there was that, like very like inner saboteur like RuPaul loves it moment where Crystal was like oh and then Michelle's like, what's wrong she's
0: like I just want to be perfect
1: and Honey, that like, doesn't nobody's exist. perfect yeah. perfect doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly boom she's like I am now going to give you the best Robotic slut you've ever seen
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which honestly should be Michelle Visage's next line of merch Perfect doesn't exist It's catchy We love a three phrase thing It has significance It has weight Michelle Yeah I'll take uh, 2% Thank you (laughs) So that brings us to Further misdirection When it comes to The results Now were you Were you gooped Gagged Were you Up for all these shenanigans And tricks And gaggery
1: I my my throat did not need to be lubricated. I was not gagging. Um, I I mean, look, we all had to know that like there's still two weeks left of the competition, and they need to have a minimum of three people going. They need to have a minimum of three people going into the last episode. So they they weren't going to invent a new contestant next week like there was no way there was no way anyone could go home this week like they, yeah just, they well yeah they weren't mathematically able to do
0: it i figured it was going to be via a, a further double chante i'm glad they realized well we can't do that one again um but when chris yeah. went home i was like well they've never said they haven't said who the winner is so these two can't be lip-syncing for the, yeah. for for their life so i figured from that point on then
1: it was, like, it was interesting In the, like, little Untucked sort of thing Like, they were, there was very solid consensus In the Untucked about the fact that, like Obviously it was Crystal versus Vanity in the bottom two And it was, you know, Kitty and um And it was Kitty and Ella in the, in the top And, like, I, I you know, like It is sort of a, like, I suppose they wanted to keep The, the fresh gagged appearance of, like Oh my god, what's going on? Why? Are...? But then what that meant was that Ella Day didn't bother to learn the lip-sync song Yeah So it... therefore... And I would imagine that the only reason Kitty knew it is because she's in a a girls allowed tribute act. So, yeah. So it meant that like, and then it felt unfair. Like, and then it felt kind of unfair that there was like a double win. Absolutely. Because I was, because I was like, like Elevate did a good lip sync, but like
0: she did a great job for someone who didn't know the words.
1: She did, but like, I mean, the like sheer like determination and perfection in every single moment of kitty scott Claws <laughs> lip sync like it, it was just like top to about like she was obviously doing the choreography that gals like do when they do that song yeah right? like she had her like moves and this and that and the other and like i was i was living for it um and then i kind of felt like poor el day was kind of like secondary but at that point it was like a celebratory thing but also none of them are winning anything for it you know what i mean like yeah not- i
0: thought it was really unfair on Kitty to be like oh Ella didn't even fucking learn the words she just does a few drops yeah. and then you know shares a badge with me but you know, yeah, that's she's probably but not I, as hateful was as I the, am
1: yeah, but that was the other, like I mean because like, in addition to doing all the choreography that obviously goes along with that performance like she was also able to interact with Elva Day in a way that was really funny. Like the little like fake pat in the ass was very funny, and when she got down on the ground and started like replicating the like sexy yeah, moves, yeah, like yeah. It, there was just lots of like points of it where you were like, even if you weren't in a girls allowed tribute act and therefore had that unfair advantage, you're still like demonstrating that you're like a really excellent performer. But anyway, not really mad because it doesn't make a huge amount of difference, and I don't think badges really count for anything in terms of like
0: who wins and it was a decent girls allowed song to choose I was worried when I first saw it that it was something kind of ooh but no it was something new so I was happy I think something kind of ooh is one of their worst
1: it's one of their worst singles definitely like it's definitely not one that I I would I would I would I would live over I would have preferred like the promise is obviously the one we're waiting for but. I just
0: don't know how well that's going to work with one person it's my only concern on the lip sync stage because um, certainly The Underground would have been a great jump but then I guess it's covered anyway we could sit here all day and pick our favourite Girls Aloud songs they both win that leaves at the end of this episode Crystal with two uh, two badges Kitty with two Ella with three Vanity with one it's looking incredibly difficult for Vanity to make it into the top three especially with a roast afoot next week um, but sure look it's been a season of surprises.
1: I think that our dear vanity, actually, you knew, mentioned her, even. I think earlier. I can't remember if it was in this episode of when we recorded <laughs> at seven o'clock this morning. Who knows? But I think dear vanity is very much the Chi-Chi Devane, like kind of got to this position kind of just through pure determination and grit, <coughs> mm. and now will like very happily, I would imagine, leave next week, kind of having probably gone much further than perhaps she even expected she would do. And like she is at, like, She's a brilliant lip-syncer. So if you saw her coming to Dragged Up... As was chi Now, here's the thing. Here's... here's. I think, that, I think
0: that is a really good comparison, I think, because Chi-Chi didn't have a big budget when she was on the show. I think Chi-Chi was instantly lovable in a way. I don't think Vanity has managed to succeed with this season. But other than that, I think there is a lot of similarities.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here is, here's here's a question, though. Would you... Would you... I So my definition is... Vanity Milan... If Vanity Milan was like Guesting at the George I'd make it my business To try and be there And that is like Obviously quite a qualified statement Because I'm like I'd make it my business To try and be there you know. <laughs> But if, if Vanity If Vanity like Milan Like
0: I'm trying announced- is, I'm, on, I'm on the page <laughs> Look <laughs> I don't have my card details with me, but I'm on the page, I'm trying. No
1: no no, I mean I mean like as if like if she was just like regular show night, like Thursday joining Thursday Thursday Divina Divine, I would make it my business to try and be there. If Victoria's Secret announced a Vanity Milan show coming and it was gonna cost me money, I don't think I'd pay it. Oh yeah, don't no, really. So like I think that's kind of like she's a queen I'd love to see live, but I don't think she's a queen I would pay to see live yeah whereas I think Kitty Scott Claus, like even Elle, like Theresa May I had those tickets bought before um, before they even went on sale mm. in my mind emotionally and then physically once they did go on sale yeah
0: yeah no I think so and then I guess it also depends on what sort of show it's going to be like do I want to see Kitty Scott Claus lip syncing maybe do I want to see her do like a more of her own one woman show probably I'd rather that but um, yeah so it also depends on the show I guess that is, true. that is true Uh, that's for this week's episode thank you for listening and yeah not today late to get tickets for the live show they're over on Eventbrite you can find all the details on our Instagram page sissy.pod or maybe you know you're busy that day and you'd like to sign up to the workroom because UK's coming to an end and you want to stay up to date with Canada and Dracula and Italy which is starting soon so we'll be covering next week
1: I know I yeah, crazy. and don't forget about Queens of the Universe we haven't even talked about whether we're, we're covering Queens of the Universe I'm sure we
0: will That's, I'm sure yeah. we will <laughs> uh, so that's all over in the workroom it's five year a month sign up on Head Stuff Plus you get basically an episode a week covering all the other World of Wonder productions that are going on um, for the foreseeable future
1: and we have occasional lovely guests join into us. We had Glenn Edwards of Glow Up Fame on recently and a few more lined up to come on and add their voices on. Dragula in particular seems to be a popular one for people to want to like have a chat about. That's a great franchise, which you could also go and check out on Shudder.com. Mm. And com. also if
0: you have Wire Presents Plus and you haven't watched in Canada, now's a good time to binge because we've passed Snatch Game, we're kind of four episodes in. It's quite good, it's quite enjoying, and then we've got a recap on every episode as well. So we've got you covered. Meet us over in the workroom. We'll chat to you next week, hopefully, at the usual time of midnight on Thursday evening. <laughs> we'll chat to you then. See you. Love you. Bye. Bye.